Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Good morning church, how are we this morning? That's good. Hey, uh, why don't you turn around to somebody next to you and say, it's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Especially because it's air-conditioned. Yesterday, our air conditioner broke down. Of all days, right? Of all days, it broke down. And um, I grew up in a three-bedroom fibro house with no air conditioning. And as a parent, we love to give our kids experiences, right? (laughs) So I didn't call the air conditioning repair guy. And we went through a night of extreme heat. There were moments when the kids were in front of the fridge. Remember that? Anyone of my vintage? You know, trying to put the fan on, but there's no airflow at all anyway. There's one fan between four of us. Anyway, it was, it was a hot day and we need to get it fixed. Praise God. So this morning, we will continue our series on Devoted. Um, and also, as the girls were saying, Ellie and Sunny, we're still in our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, we started off our um, first prayer night last Monday. There's a couple of photos here. And it was an awesome night. And the reason I show you these photos is that to encourage you to come on the Monday night for prayer, for breakthrough, for, for something that you're believing God uh, to do in your life uh, during these 21 days of prayer and fasting. And seek what matters most to God in your life. So I encourage you to come to those prayer nights. Now, as we continue our devotion series, uh, I want to recap Last week, Pastor Andrew Staggs brought an awesome message last week. And I want to take a quote out of uh, what he said uh, in, in his message. And it reads, The ministry of our church arises out of deep concern to assist people in their struggle to lead a flourishing life. A flourishing life. Jesus came to give us life abundantly. Christian spirituality is necessary for human flourishing. Okay? Now, I'm going to pick up on the word this morning, on the word human flourishing, an area that God calls us to devote our lives to. That is our relationship with others. Now, this morning, I'm not going to talk about Valentine's Day. I know that's around the corner, right? I'm not going to give you tips about Valentine's Day, what to do with your spouse, or if you're single, how you need to mingle to get a partner or, or whatever it may be, you know. Uh, we're not going to talk about that this morning. Um, Actually, in fact, uh, I hear that they've actually got Galentine's Day. Yeah. Oh, some girls are into that. Yeah, yeah, okay. They're for girls that don't quite have a partner yet. You know what? I'll, I love making up words. I'm going to make one up for this morning. I'm going to call it Relentine's Day, Relationships Day. Every day is a relationship day, isn't it? We're always talking to people. So there's a new one. Someone can take that and make their millions out of that. Relentine's Day. There we go. So, Father, this morning we just pray for your word. Lord, we just pray for revelation, Father God, as we go deep into your word this morning, Father God, that uh, you will show us a deeper meaning, what you need us to do in relationships. Father, we just thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. amen. Uh, I remember first time, you know, when we had our eldest son, um, um, myself and Jocelyn went to Tresillian class. Who, who has who's heard of Tresillian class? It's where they teach you how to you know, wrap the baby and burp the baby and feed the baby and, and uh, so they can get a good sleep so that, you know, the parents can get a good sleep and all of that. And I became so good at it. 
You know, so, so I couldn't wait to wrap uh, our son and put him off to bed and feed him and all that. It, I became so good. We used to go to parties and people used to get me to settle their kids. <laughs> I know. I, they called me the baby whisperer. But as, as the kids all of a sudden hit the teenagers, the relationship was very different. <laughs> that baby whisperer stuff went out the window, right? The other day, my daughter made some food, uh, food for herself for school. She, she's very astute. She gets herself prepared. And then in the morning, I wake up, I come in the kitchen, and I see this trail. You know, like, you know when like Santa's been to your house and there's like stuff messed up around, or the Easter bunny, there's like cookies left around the house. And I look around in the kitchen, there's like a spoon left there in the morning. There's, there's a bit of rice dropped over here. There's, there's you know, untidy dishes and, and stuff on the floor. I go, oh, well, I don't think Sanders been here. It was the older brother. He comes and takes all her food and goes off to work. And man, when she wakes up in the morning, like she's irritable. She doesn't get a good night's sleep. And she wakes up, all her food's gone. And then they got to sort out their relationships, you know. Oh, forgive each other, understand this, that. They're going to deal with all their high school problems and, and relationships and teaching them about forgiveness and healthy boundaries and all of this. How about relationships at work? Who's got that boss that micromanages you? <laughs> or how about that person in a meeting that takes up all the space and all the talk time? And you need toothpicks on your eyelids just to stay awake. You can't get a breath in, you know. How about relationships in families? Ooh. How about, I mean, we could talk a lot about that, but how about when you don't invite that one person to a wedding, a birthday, or you invite them late and, and, and uh, you send an invitation through the post. You didn't personally go there on a red carpet and present it to them and say, you are invited to my daughter's first birthday, you know? And, 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 and they say, oh, well, how come I was the last one to know? Was there an afterthought? Or would, you know? It's funny. Families, work, relationships are funny, aren't they? And, um, you know, but our relationship with God, you know, is, is a calling. It's a purpose on our life. And first and foremost, we have a relationship with God, right? We follow Jesus. And sometimes it's not easy, but it can be manageable. But sometimes God throws something in the mix. He actually calls us to have a healthy relationship with others, with other people. So there's a time in the Scripture when Jesus gets questioned by the Pharisees. So Pharisees were religious leaders at, 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 at the time. And we'll read into Matthew 22. So let's have a look at Matthew. And it reads, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? This is Jesus replying. He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And I think to myself, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I read my Bible, love God, come to church. He loves me. How hard could that be, right? But the truth is this. The truth is this. We discover the full extent of what Jesus is actually saying here. And the second equal point is this, love your neighbour as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So Jesus is not only calling us to love God, but he's calling us to devote our lives to relationship with others. Let's look at Hebrew. I'm going a bit quick at the moment, but let's look at Hebrews 10. 
Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of, think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You know what? We, we notice something here. The first aspect is of personal devotion to God. Holding tightly without wavering. Holding tightly without wavering. But then again, equally important, again we see here, we are called to think of ways to motivate one another, to spur each other on. We are devoted ourselves to meeting together. You know, the Bible talks about don't forsake the meeting of the saints. And we are called to encourage one another, give each other a word of knowledge, to edify each other. So we see the commonality here in both verses. We are anchored to God and we are called to love others, to have a relationship with others. And if you take this commonality, right, and you anchor yourself to Jesus, you anchor yourself to God, it builds a strong foundation so that we can carry the weight of a relationship. You see? So we are anchored to God so that our burden's going to be light in our relationship. So here's a funny thing. Our relationships are always played out in the context of our culture, isn't it? You know, nothing's perfect. It's you're not having a relationship in a lab. Like it's a relationship out there in the deep blue sea, in the community, in culture. So let's look at what our culture looks like. Western culture here in Sydney. You know, the, so culture to some of us, you know, may mean community, may mean family ties. It could be values that are deep-rooted in ethnicity or deep-rooted in family heritage. Some of us here are from overseas, are new into Sydney. Some of you are from interstate, new into Sydney. Generally speaking, our Western culture is the dominant culture here in Australia at the moment, right? And is permeated by something called hyper-individualism. Sounds pretty technical, doesn't it? By the way, uh, um, I've been told no dad jokes this morning. Okay, so that's why I'm sounding a bit serious. Is that okay? <laughs> so, this, so this word hyper-individualism, it permeates within our community, right? And as a result, what it does, it actually drives us into self-isolation, narcissism, being a little bit nasty sometimes, self-orientation, being a little bit less empathetic. It's a bit of a selfie culture, isn't it? You know, we can hide behind the device. We don't have that people-to-people, -people, uh, tangible contact relationship with people. You know, I was, I was watching yesterday afternoon the um, Maori um, All-Stars play against the Australian Indigenous uh, All-Stars. And at the end, they did a group photo. You know, the team get together and they're all happy and all that sort of stuff. You know, we're going to do more group photos, man. We're going to do... I'll bring back the group photos, yeah? Bring back the no air conditioning and group photos. Bring them back, bring them back, yeah got to do more group photos. But here's something that is better than hyper-individualism, right? Something that has a mind, something that has a soul, something that has a will, something that has emotion, a vessel that can carry the Holy Spirit. It is, it is the body. <laughs> what a fine specimen of a human being. How's he posing? This, that one, this, I, know, I, won't, I won't do, won't give up on that. What a fine specimen. See, God calls us to be part of the body of Christ, right? Now, the body is multidimensional, you know. The hands and feet work together, the mind, the soul, the emotion. You know, a body can hug someone, right? A body can hug someone. 
Now, it's not talking about the body of Christ being an institution. It's talking about the community of believers that we are. You know, our journey, our pains, our hurts. But not just that. Our celebrations as well, right? Our wins, you know. We've got to celebrate that as a body of Christ. Did you know this year, well, this year and, and late, past, uh, late part of last year, we had so many engagements, marriages, and babies being born in this church? Like, kind of like in that order, like... Yeah, engagement, marriage, yeah. But it doesn't matter. God loves us all. God loves us all. God loves us all, okay? But it's so good to see. It's so good to see those relationships flourishing. But we are still individuals, right? We are still individuals. But the Bible calls us individuals as the members of the body of Christ. Individuals as members of the family of God. Individuals as the members of the household of God. Individuals like precious stones placed into the temple of God. Amen? Amen. So we don't walk this earth alone. We walk this earth together. You know, we are called to be interconnected with something bigger. There, there was a quote in one of the songs that really uh, um, impressed my heart. And it was, we sing a hymn of praise together. We all sing a bigger song together when we're together. Isn't that, isn't that so true? You know, we sing a bigger hymn together. So this morning, we're going to look at two things. Two things that we can devote ourselves to into a healthy relationship. So number one, connection over isolation. Connection over isolation. In a hyper-individualistic hyper-individualist, world, it's fast-tempoed, it's busy. You know, it's easy to isolate. A couple of months ago, I was talking to uh, a lifeline counsellor. So Lifeline is a suicide prevention network. And I was just having a casual chat in the corridor, having a cup of coffee. And I said, oh, how's your day been? And uh, she said, it's been quite busy, a lot of calls coming through this time in Christmas. And, um, and she said to me that 80% of her calls were people that were lonely. You know, 80% of her calls. You don't, uh, don't quote me on this. It's not an official number. It's just a conversation that we were having. But 80% of her calls. And I said to her, well... How, is, what was it that, that um, didn't sort of get them to doing the next step? She said it was because of their pets. They had a cat or a dog, but they didn't have a person. They didn't have a person. 80% were lonely, you know? So to be connected, sometimes we've got to be deliberate or we have to be intentional. We've got to, we've got to take out some time. We've got to carve out some emotional energy, perhaps even some funds to make that connection with somebody. You know, make friends. Be intentional. You know, if, if, if you have a spouse, make a, make a date night. Go away for a weekend. Celebrate the wins. Especially as Ellie was saying, in this economy right now, we need to grab onto whatever goodness we can find right now. You know, and celebrate that, you know. Do something thoughtful for your spouse. Maybe, maybe iron her dress. Better still, take her out and buy her a dress. You know, <laughs> buy her a dress. Show your love language, you know. Ladies, iron the guy's underwear if you... Iron underwear, I, I don't know, you know. <laughs> parents, parents, you know. Take time to do things with your kids, you know. Encourage them, pray with them, you know. So sometimes I went fishing on Friday night with my son. It's a drop of a hat. Hey, let's just go, you know. And we just took off. It was an adventure, you know. It was great nights, you know, things like that. Here's a big one. Make friends with a manly supporter this year. <laughs> Show them some love. They'll, they'll need it this year, just like they needed it last year, you know. And create margin in your life. Create space in your life 
for ad hoc relationships to come in. Who remember the days when people used to randomly knock on your door and turn up at your house? They should just turn up. I remember as a kid, we, we were not allowed to open that door. You know, and we, we're, we're, like, we're like dolphins out, 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 of, out of the water. Like, yeah, mum, open the door, open the door. We're running around and mum, we'd follow mum to the door, looking out the window, who's there? People, we walk up randomly. And, but there was, I remember the joy we had, you know, somebody coming in, you know, randomly, you know. Nowadays, I know, I know you got to call, you got to park your car and text, I'm coming in, I'm at your door, I'm here, I'm leaving, I'm going to the toilet, text all the way through. You might have just texted and show the person or airdrop each other. I don't know. I don't know how it works. But, you know, I just remember the joy at that time when we created space and margin for people to come in to our relationships, you know. But in terms of church too, we can be intentional, right? We stick around after service and we hang around in the foyer. We talk to each other, encourage you to to meet someone new, you know, have a coffee. Don't don't go off... uh, so soon in, in your car, you know, hang around. Have you actually figured out why out there is just the same size as in here? That means it's equally important, isn't it? Yeah. So life groups, we prioritise life groups in this church. Life groups are a backbone of this church, you know. Life happens not just uh, here Sunday morning, but it happens after church as well. You know, sometimes in church we need to break down our walls, you know. If you need help, if you need help, reach out. Reach out, allow people into your space, you know, allow people into your space. And um, number two, number two, choose love over self. You know, our selfish culture can persuade us sometimes to have a distorted view of love, you know, a distorted view of how we see others. And what happens is this, it actually influences and discolors our understanding of love, you know? How far are we willing to go to show love to people, to have that relationship to people, to forgive people, respect and honour people? You know, in my life, I've had to forgive people, like, in the heart of the situations where, where I actually just said, Lord, I know I've done nothing wrong, but, but, but I, I just forgive you. I just forgive this person, you know? And I said it to them, I'm sorry if I've offended you or whatever. Had to forgive them. And it's hard, you know, because in this individualistic culture, no, no, I was right. No, no, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not forgiving. Sometimes it was, it was like this. I, I would say when I brought closure through forgiveness, sometimes you still got to leave your door open, you know. You still have to leave your door open. That's, that's the power of, of being forgiving. Sometimes we're, we're bilingual, aren't we? we? We talk bilingual. Yeah, I'll forgive you but I still don't like you. We're talking two, two languages there, aren't we? But we forgive and our hearts are still open, you know? So we can succumb to the ways of the world, but we'd rather uphold the standards of the Word of God. Amen? A culture promotes a version of love that is centred on self, you know? But here's the thing. Love over self is nothing new in 2023. It was always there in the first church. The authors in the New Testament knew this, right? They knew this problem. Paul the Apostle, right? So Paul was a a, a guy that actually witnessed the resurrected Christ and was a pioneer. So Paul is is, uh, one of the early pioneers of the early church. So he recognises his problem, love over self, right? 
And so there was a church in Corinth. It was a Hellenic city, meaning it was a Greek, uh, Greek-cultured uh, church. And uh, at that time, in that culture, their goddess was a deity called Aphrodite. It was a goddess of sexual love and fertility. And it's argued that the city was filled with sacred prostitutes that formed an integral part of their pagan worship uh, practices. So it was a city of love that was corrupt and broken. Their love was corrupt and broken. It's centered on self. It's centered on self. So Paul sees all of this and he says to himself, it's not good. So he writes a letter to the Corinthians about the true character of love. So let's see in 1 Corinthians what it says. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or pride or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Paul writes one of the most eloquent and beautiful literature that, that, that I've probably read, you know, for quite some time. And, and, and he defines and demonstrates what love looks like. <laughs> Barry White probably couldn't even have written as good as Paul, you know, about love. You know, it's focused, love is focused, forgiving, it's kind, it's patient, and it captures the very DNA of God, the Father and Creator of our universe. And I'm going to bring this scripture home to you, right? As we meditate on this scripture, just for a few seconds, if you take the word love and you put the word I, how would that read to you? I am patient, I am kind, I am not jealous, I am not boastful, I am not proud, etc., have I even go further and put the word we? We are patient as a body of Christ, you know, etc. You know, as, as we, as the musicians come up and, and we'll, we'll come into a close, um, just want to remind you this morning, friends, that, you know, we choose connection over isolation. We are one body of Christ. We choose love over self. You know, we, we, we are companions together. In, in, in the Bible, there's, there's over 60 scriptures that, that references companionship, being together. When God created Adam and Eve, what do you want to do? He wanted to come and have fellowship. He wanted a relationship. A couple of weeks ago, we were in the Gold Coast, myself, Jocelyn, and the kids, and we're at this place called Tropical Fruit World. Yeah, it's not Disneyland. If you like fruits, it's like the Disneyland of fruit. So we go to Tropical Fruit World. And one thing that stuck with me was, was they do companion planting, right? So, for example, if they plant a tamarind tree from in India, a sapati tree, sapote tree from South America, and then a mangosteen tree from Thailand, they plant it together and they call them companions. And one tree will look after insects, keep the insects away. One tree will give shade. All the, and they work together for growth and fruit, right? And I was just thinking, you know, like these trees have leaves, obviously, and the, and the leaves shed. And they turn into fertilizer. But that same fertilizer gives growth back to the three trees again and strength and brings back, brings back fruit. And sometimes we need to be in a relationship those leaves could be seen as our hurt and pain that need to wilter away at some point. But that pain and hurt brings us strength when we're together, when you're in companionship. Sometimes the context of your pain needs to be in a bigger, 
in a bigger companionship, so we can understand it better. We can have support, you know, we can have people around us. You know, we should be proud of this body of Christ. We should be proud. We should be proud of our life groups. We should be proud of our men's ministries, our, 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 our women's who I believe are meeting soon as well. Amen. You know, our kids, our youth, they're going to camp. There's going to be amazing relationships that are going to be formed out of that, you know. I'm looking forward to that, you know. If there was a magic pill for relationships, if there's a magic pill that you could take, you know, what I would put in that magic pill would be patience and kindness. I put a dose of forgiveness in there. Put some joy in there. Put some faithfulness and hopeful, hopefulness. Put some endurance in there. Put some perseverance. I'd put an antibody in there against jealousy, against boastfulness, pride, rudeness. Put an antibody in there against, against being demanding. Put an antibody in there against being irritable, especially in the morning. <laughs> but you know what? A magic pill cannot fix relationships, you know. It is the power of the Holy Spirit, friends. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. It's like a bouncer looking after your heart with the Word of God. It helps us to have better relationships as long as we are anchored, anchored to God. Our foundation is Jesus. Friends, this morning as, as we've just heard this, and we can talk a lot more about relationships, you know, a lot, lot, lot more, you know, but we hear this morning, God has presented like a, a menu to us this morning. But the question is, the question to us is, do we have the appetite to take on that menu? Do we have that appetite to take on those relationships? If we do, you know, we can take it on by the Word of God, by prayer, petition, and digest, digest the Word of God and make it part of our inner being. So friends, as, as, as we close this morning, just want to remind you that two things, you know, if we are to flourish in our relationships, we need to be anchored to God. We need to be anchored to God. And God calls us to have good and healthy relationship. I just want to encourage you this morning, you know, especially with life groups. Uh, be, if you're not part of a life group, be connected to a life group. Uh, that's where you can go deeper into the Word of God. Go much deeper into the Word of God. Right now, I just like to, um, if, if you're a life group member, uh, leader, sorry, or you're about to be a life group leader, if you could just stand up. We, we, we want to lift you up right now. If you could just, any life group leaders here this morning? Yep. There we've got two at the back. Yep. We've got Amos there. Yep. Yeah, let's give him a hand. Yep. Now, I just want to say these people that are here, and there's some that are not here right now, you know, God's called them to, to lead relationships with their wisdom, you know, their humility, their servant's heart, you know, their, their deep connection with Jesus, you know. So right now, if, if you're near one of these uh, life group leaders, if you could just come and just lay hands or, or just reach your hand out, we're going to lift them up because we are lifting right up now. We, right now we are lifting up the backbone. We are lifting up uh, the strength of our church, the relationships that these people are sowing into right now. So we just close our eyes and we're just going to pray right now. Father, we just thank You, Lord. Father, we pray right now for wisdom upon the lives of these leaders. Father, we pray that wisdom of Solomon, Father God, Lord, that, that they will be able to take Your Word, Lord, and, and, and just, just apply it in a way that's going to mean so much to the people in their community, Father God. 
Lord, we pray humility that that they keep a servant's heart as they serve, Father God, and and bring health to relationships in this church, Father God. And Lord, we pray for their deep understanding, Father God, of You, Lord, as they keep encountering You and sharing that experience with others. Father, I pray over their homes, Lord, all the four corners of where they live, Father God, that is protected by the blood of the Lamb. Lord, I pray for their jobs, Father God, their health and their well-being, Father God. And I pray for all life groups right now, Lord. I pray that they will expand, Father God. There'll be more people in community. There'll be more people in relationships. Father, we just thank You now. In Jesus' name we pray. We thank You. You may be seated. Thank You so much. Thank You so much. So friends, as we go into song this morning, I'd just like to leave you with, you know, that understanding that we are called to have relationships. Don't be alone. Connect with people. You know, love God. Love your neighbour. You know, and remember, God loves you. Jesus came. In John 10.10, it's simple. Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly. You know, the devil came to steal it. So choose life over death. And if you're here for the first time and you don't know who this God is, this God came to give you life and life abundantly. And if you're online and, and you don't know who this Jesus is and what, what relationships are about with Jesus and others, you know, you can place your hand on your heart if you're online. But if you're here for the first time and you want to choose Jesus over death, you want to choose life over death, choose Jesus right now, friends. If every eye closed right now, we're gonna, we just want to close off in prayer. But if you're here for the first time and, and you want Jesus into your life right now, if I could just ask you to raise your hand, just take a moment. There's no, no rush if you're here for the first time. Or you want to recommit your life to Jesus right now, you can raise your hand. Yes, we have. This young lady in the front, let's give a hand. Come on, praise God. We praise God. We thank you. Yes, Father. Father, we're just going to, if someone's around just in the front row here, just, just stretch your hands out over here to my, to my right-hand side. And we're just going to pray for the young lady. And Father, we just thank you for this beautiful life. Lord, we just feel right now she just recommits at whatever stage and whatever she's seeking. Father, I just pray that you're going to open up her eyes, Father God, and give her clarity in what she's seeking right now. I just feel that, uh, my sister, that you're, you're trying to seek some clarity in something and it's quite not there yet for you. But just keep praying, keep praying. We're going to pray right now that God's going to open up your eyes. He's going to, sh- He's going to show you signs and wonders very soon. He's going to show you something that you're going to step into. And whatever you're stepping into, you might be a little bit scared of it. And you might think it's a dark place you're stepping into. But here's the thing. When you step into it, He's already there. The light's going to be there for you, sis. It's going to be there for you. So we just pray right now for everyone that's uh, online as well as they've given their life, Father, that you will come into their hearts right now. Holy Spirit, you will come and dwell in their hearts, Father God. So, Father... We just thank you, Lord, that Jesus reigns supreme in our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.